0: Welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, John McGee. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, hey, friends, today we're joining the podcast studio by my good friend, Dave Bruskus. Dave, welcome, brother.
1: Hey, John. Good to be with you.
0: So, Dave, I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit about what it is that you do here at Watermark, but I want to introduce you from my point of view. Uh, so, Dave has been a, a pastor, a church planner. He's worked a lot with other pastors. And so, we met... Because of an email. And yeah. so we were, Watermark was uh, looking to hire uh, someone and one of your daughters sent this email and it was, you know, es- essentially, I, I don't know exactly what you're looking for, but I want to push forward the name <laughs> of the best pastor I know, you know, and so, which is, you know, no bias it, there. You're right. You know, and so as I read, it's like, oh, she's talking about her dad. She's she is she is and I forgot exactly the verbiage, but it was effectively. Hey, I've I've lived with this man, you know, uh, for twenty plus years, whatever. And uh, this is the this is the best pastor uh, that I know. And she attached your resume and said, I think you should hire, you know, my dad. And so I I actually knew who you were. We hadn't met yet. I looked at your resume and go, okay, this guy's way overqualified, you know, for this job. This is not this is not his job. However. I absolutely want to meet someone, you know, that had their daughter say the things about them that uh, oh, that's that, that that she said about you. And so, uh, so that struck up our friendship, you know, and it's been uh, you've been a real blessing to me, brother, through some Thank you, John. some tough times through the pandemic and things like that. Our our lunches, our breakfasts have meant a lot to me. So, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. uh, and now finally, uh, on staff. So you're going to talk about kind of yeah, how you got yeah. here, and what you're doing well, now.
1: And, and quick funny story behind that whole email. So it was when my oldest daughter had our first grandchild. And she said, you are coming. We were living out of state. She said, you're coming to live by us. You're going to come work at my church. <laughs> She's kind of directive. She gets that from her mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kidding. But, uh, and then you and I just hit it off right away. Felt like we were lifelong friends. And so was excited. And I know you and I had conversations for, for, for years about the what possibility if? of date. What if? Yeah. That I, that I could come and, and join you on this, this team here at Watermark. And so Earlier in this year, I met with several of the leaders along with you, and we just shared past experiences, left that meeting, and within uh, probably within a few hours, got a text of, hey, would you be interested in this role yeah. of directing regeneration? I knew about regen from so many people that had benefited from it in other churches. Maybe what... People don't realize is how much Watermark locally serves other local churches. And so, region is a way through recovery that we're able to serve a lot of churches. So, immediately I was interested, had a conversation with a few key staff people. And the more conversations we had, the more care and I prayed, the more it became obvious the Lord had this for us. And man, John, it's only been a few months now, but I love it. I love having a front row seat. For those who don't know anything about regeneration, it's really a discipleship ministry with a recovery application. Yep, yep. And so people come in off the street, off, off the streets of Dallas. People come from other churches. People come from within Watermark. They're with us for a year. It's a, it's a program where they're daily walking through uh, very strategic devotionals in time with the Lord through the Word. They're meeting weekly with small groups. They're meeting a large group weekly for worship and testimonies. And the Lord just transforms lives through his word. And so having a front row seat to that is amazing. Get to work with a great staff team, about 140 volunteers that are just some of the best people we meet anywhere. So it's, it's, uh, I'm still in the honeymoon phase, but it's just been a dream come true. <laughs>
0: well, that, yeah. So those of you that don't know, uh, region is one of the things that we kind of, uh, share from watermark here. So watermark You can see that, uh, actually next week as we're recording this, there'll be 450 people from around the country. Right. They're here learning about region so they can take it back to their, their church. So if we can help you with that, always, you can look at our website, but Um, So, yeah, I felt like when we were looking for that role, it was kind of a unicorn that I wasn't sure we're going to find. And then uh, when you came into the picture, we were looking for someone who could both lead and someone who could pastor and had lots of experience, but still had energy. And like, (laughs) who is this person going to be? And uh, here you are, brother. It's been fun to have you on our team, do ministry with you and then watch the way the staff has responded to you. So uh, which actually brings us to uh, this podcast here. So you recently you shared in staff and you were talking about, you know, just some of your regrets and, um, in, in ministry where you said you just really kind of focused in on one. And so afterwards we talked and I, you know, I said, Dave, did you, did you say you had a list of them? And you go, oh, I've got a list. And, uh, and so I said, well, give me, you know, give me a few. And so we talked through, we talked through those. And so I, I just took some notes on some of the things that you said, and so if it's okay, I'll just kind of tee up, Absolutely. you know, what I heard you say, and then let you just comment on it. And so, sure, uh, you've been a pastor for how long, Dave?
1: Three decades now, and that yeah. was really my point of reflection. Yeah. Realized earlier this summer that, hey, this is thirty years now. This is going on thirty years. Most of that time, John, as, as a lead pastor in a local church. Yeah. So I had uh, I had a good opportunity to pause, and it's funny sometimes when you you think back, you have. A lot of fond recollections, but sometimes you're hit with here's some regrets yes. that I'd like to share with others, yes. so that perhaps they could avoid the same pitfalls that I that I fell into.
0: Yeah, I think with some of those those uh, learnings are a little bit more visceral, a little more uh, vivid when we make the mistakes, and and we really can't save others from from them. Sometimes we don't know what we did well, uh, you know, in, in hindsight, but, uh, we generally know our That's mistakes. Funny. It's just yeah.
1: easier to see those things I, for some reason. Absolutely. They stick, they stick longer with you.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Okay, friend. Well, let me, um, let me kind of tee some of these up. And again, we don't, you know, I'd love just kind of freeform responses. So, uh, you know, Dave, the prompt I asked you was, Hey, what, what are some of your regrets? What, what are some of the things that were hard in this 30 years? And the very first one you said was lost friendships. What, what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I think back and look over the course of 30 years, more than events come to mind, faces come to mind. And friendships that were strong at one point in time that just kind of fell off the table. And a few times those revolved around conflict, John. Conflict in ministry, people that were coming to the church, disagreed with the direction of the church. Yeah. Maybe it was a doctrinal issue that caused some disruption. Maybe it was just people going to another church. And so there were there were a few instances in which it was conflict that really drove those relationships apart. And And as much as I can. I've reached out to folks to try to reconcile, and people have been incredibly gracious. I've made so many mistakes <laughs> along the way as a pastor. A lot of it was, please forgive me for yeah. being less than a good pastor to you, and people have been really gracious. So I'm thankful for those. But even then, even in the midst of forgiveness, relationships don't always pick up where they left off. But I think the majority of them would just be examples of changes in ministry, changes in churches that people that once were very close, you just kind of drift away, and you drift away, and you go on to it. I know if we even look at the scripture, there's times where, as God leads, relationships are changed, right? We, we have places I've served before, we use the phrase gospel goodbye. Sometimes yeah. the Lord sends you out to another place, and there's just no way to keep the intensity and the closeness of the relationships you left behind. And so I'm not really thinking along those lines either. I'm thinking about those those in the middle between conflict and being sent out elsewhere that just just probably as a result of neglect and just not being faithful and loyal of following up with people, just friendships kind of kinda of fell off the map. And and people that used to be really close to me, I think, ah, I wonder how they're doing. I wonder what I wonder how they're doing with the Lord. I wonder what's going on in their life. I wonder what their kids yeah. are doing. These kids that I knew for years. And so along with every regret, you can always have a resolution. Like I don't want that to continue to yeah. happen. Yeah. Uh, Ray Ortland, a guy we both know has said, yeah. let's make it our goal not to lose any more friends in yeah. ministry. And I think that's yeah. important.
0: Well, so let me, I'm not pushing back. I'm just a genuine question. Like it, it seems that in some respects we're kind of like Lego pieces and we only have so many little sure. nodes that we can plug relationships into. Sure. So isn't there just a Kind of a, a bit of a math problem that yeah. as if you're in ministry for thirty years, there's just going to be so many people that that come up close to you, but you just you can't actually have them all connected to you in the way that that once was. Is, isn't there some components Absolutely, to that? Absolutely,
1: that's right. Right, we have set we have capacities. Right, we only have so much relational capacity in our life, and oftentimes in the context of ministry, especially if you see ministry, which I think is a biblical way to see it, it's really about relationships there are people you need to prioritize. There, there are those that need to be developed and discipled. And so, so much of ministry is about relationship. We only have so many relationships we can invest in. So without question, as the Lord redirects us in ministry endeavors, the relationships change. What I'm thinking of more are the friendships that aren't always associated directly with those ministry relationships, that you just kind of lose track of one another over yeah. the years. Sometimes you pick up right where you left off, and those are such a gift oh, from man, the Lord. Aren't they? But sometimes they, you don't, and you think, ah, maybe I was negligent here. Yeah, you know, Maybe I could have been more faithful. Maybe I could have been more... I, I regret that that person that once was really close to me now seems distant and... And then you look at it from the standpoint of, and I could have done a better job of just being a faithful friend.
0: That's good. That's good, Dave. Well, you know, as you and I are both getting a little bit older, (laughs) I don't find myself looking back, you know, wishing I had spent a little bit more time polishing up a talk or, you know, getting a a ministry plan, you know, in just the right font and things like that. I I don't have a lot of like tactical regrets about things. There's some, of course there has to be, but I do have regrets about just people that I wish I would have kept up with and, uh, and I, and that's I right. could have had that been the, the biggest priority. And so I think as Pam and I think about kind of this next season, relationships is a big, it's a big part of that, you know, and we want, um, we want to steward all the relationships that we have well and not, not, not have regrets in you know, this next kind of 20 year period. And, and uh, I love that. but that's what makes, that's what I think as yeah. we get older, that's what we're going to be focusing well, on. So it's really good.
1: And the thing I noticed when I was much younger and I should have been more attentive to this as a, as a ministry leader, as a church leader, oftentimes you're you're with people in situations of death, right? You get to be around people as they die. And I can't recall a single time anybody ever thought in in those moments, wow, I wish we would have made more money. I wish I would have been more successful. I wish I would have had more degrees. Everybody in those moments are always focused in on yeah. the people they love the most. And they want them around them and they wanna be they wanna be right with Jesus because they're about to meet him and they wanna be connected to the people they love the most. And so even for the newest leader reverse engineer your life build yeah, your life around absolutely. that day cuz that day's coming for us that all it and-
0: is coming it is it is the one certain thing we have going in our lives we will die we will we will be you know in that hospital room and with the people that we uh, have invested in and loved or uh, that feel estranged from us you know and those will be our last our last moments And uh, begin with the end in mind, plan accordingly. And uh, those are really, really good words. Dave, young leaders, don't just produce, don't just crank things out, crush it, take over all the things. Make sure that you're investing in the relationships that that are closest to you. It's it's what you're going to be glad you did. Uh, So Dave, the second thing I heard you say was missed opportunities. So what do you mean by that? uh,
1: Yeah. You know, it's easy to look back in hindsight and have a clear sense of what could have been, right? We all face decisions along the way and in in leadership and there's there's maybe people that we gave up on too early maybe there are opportunities that presented themselves at a time that that seemed to be challenging and and would have required a step of faith but we we passed on them and then we later look back and think man that would have flourished so you know i particularly look back and what i've seen happen on a couple of occasions in my ministry experience have been these amazing opportunities that were in front of us and yet uh behind the scenes leaders couldn't work through conflict and challenges in their relationship and how they work together. And so at times the brokenness or dysfunction of what was happening among the leadership team behind the scenes Hmm. compromised what was going on in ministry. So when I think about missed opportunities, I think about that. Um, It's it's an easy thing to do, but it's a wrong thing to do, John, to look at the fruit of the ministry. And if the fruit seems good Mm -hmm. to automatically assume that the roots are good, right? And so I, I think that there've been too many times that either division over, hey, where should we go? What should we do? Or even a lack of faith, or fear, uh, or or even brokenness in relationships can contribute to missing out on the opportunities that God has for us.
0: That's fascinating. So I think I think probably three minutes ago when you started that, I think what I heard you say was like there was sometimes opportunities. But there wasn't relational capacity to to execute them because there was either you know conflict or lack of trust or those kinds of things. And so once once the opportunity presented itself, you couldn't you know in, in some respects maximize it. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, or even so, sustain
1: it because sustain. obviously the Lord does all this. We know that the Lord is the one who produces the fruit. But I do think there's opportunities where God gives us these. God blesses a ministry. Things are potentially going well. Are going well. And we just can't get it together as leaders. Yeah. And specifically, we can't either get on the same page strategically or relationally or even functionally. And things just don't go as they could have gone because we couldn't get it together. And those are the missed opportunities that I, that, I, that I really regret as I look back over the course of time. And, I, and I've contributed to a couple of those on a big level. And, and man, they, they I think about them often.
0: And that's interesting. That Well, that's a really, really good word. So I think a lot of times... We are in, a, you know, in these mundane seasons, you know, just being faithful and then oppor- some type of opportunity, you know, presents itself, whatever that might be uh, to start something new, to maximize something, bring someone else on the team. And, and so in that mundane time, you can tend to kind of uh, downshift and go, well, eh, you know, I just, That's this isn't right. the funnest season. Uh, what I'm doing is not really of that much importance. But I think what you're saying is in those moments when, you know, you don't have, as much on your plate invest relationally make sure everybody's solid with each other Uh, make sure everyone is encouraged they're you know they they feel connected to you you're whole and right with them they are with the team so that when you metaphorically have an opportunity to take the field that the eleven man, you know, side of the ball is ready, ready to go, and they they like each other. They get in the huddle, and they go, "Well, you know, that's we are right. not sure how this is going to go, but uh, we're ready, and we love each other. We know, we've got each other's backs." So you are doing the work, even though in some respects it's below the water line, and uh, it's not. It doesn't seem like the work, but it sure is, and it will either give you opportunities or uh, minimize them. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. really That's really good.
1: Well, I think I think the unity has to be something that we continually pursue. You know, strategically, relationally, across the board, and and what happens is. Success is dangerous. And I'm using success in air quotes. People can't see that. But ministry success is dangerous that you can gloss over the under the line issues yep. because you look out and you think, look what the Lord's doing. He's doing this, therefore, and this is the dangerous assumption, therefore everything must be all right. We can ignore these things that you even have a, a sinking sensation. I should pay attention. It's like we should take a time out and work on these things. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. eventually those things catch up to you. And I think what you miss in God's economy there is you miss an opportunity to continue to join in, in what he's doing. And he is absolutely persistent to say, I'm going to put this on pause and I'm going to make you guys go back and fix the things that are broken, yeah. even if it means the fruitfulness goes elsewhere.
0: That's good. That's not what I thought was coming on this point, uh, <laughs> but I thought, I think that's fantastic. I it was and helpful. I, oh, it's absolutely know. what I'm thinking. I've got faces that listen to this podcast. They've got energy and dreams and vision for days and a Necessary first step is to have a team that you know loves each other, is yeah. is whole, and is ready to go. And so uh, that's that is part of the equation. Well, and they I missed. think
1: that's part of the profile of leaders who seemingly accomplish so much. They're just so forward looking, yeah. and they're taking the next hill. and And, and God bless those who have that. St- that 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 gift and disposition from the Lord I think that's a gift from the Lord but you need to be attentive to those that have their pulse on the team more than you do and you need to invite them in to say what am I not seeing here so good so good you can't you can't take the hill without your team and you 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 can't take opportunities without everybody being mobilized and being unified relationally and strategically and it just it happens too often that leaders leave people behind they run ahead and then the whole thing comes undone that's
0: good yeah I've, I've in the middle of kind of one of those right now you know um, Eric who's been on the podcast uh, previously who uh, functions in business kind of language almost like the COO of Watermark Resources you know and he said here's some some issues going on and I wanted I, I didn't get a chance to catch him yesterday but I will today and I'll tell him hey thank you like, mm, thank you good. for bringing that uh, that's the way that's the way this should work and I don't want to bark him down and say no you know that's I don't agree with your take or um so thank you let's let's address that and um and so yes you want <laughs> don't run those people off keep them close so really good okay dave number 3 uh, it was careless words yeah. what do you mean by that
1: oh man uh there, there's so many times over the course of ministry that I can look back at I mean specific instances come to mind where what I was saying was true. What I was saying was potentially even helpful, but the way in which I said it wasn't thoughtful and ended up being harmful to the people that heard what I said. And, uh, you know, by the grace of God, we can always say we're sorry. Uh, There's always opportunity for recovery of relationships and those things. But I just, I think about that. And then, I mean, John, I'm even thinking of sermons that I preached and things that I said in the context, which then it's really hard to circle back to everybody who was there that day. There's just, it's not possible, but just- Mass yeah. email, yeah. where yeah. you have this thought like, hey, I think this is the right thought, but words are so important. And I think if I have a regret in this area, it's that I didn't invest the time that I needed to, to think about, pray about, evaluate what I was going to say. Obviously, those times you say something that you thought, hey, this was really good and whoops, that didn't come out the way I hoped. I'm not talking about those instances. I'm talking about just not doing the work up front to think about and pray about what you say before you say it. And the end result ends up being harmful when you hoped it would be helpful.
0: Yeah. I don't know why I I thought about being in Africa. I don't know what the math would be. Maybe 10, 12 years ago, something like that. And um, we're we're there as guests of an organization. And it would take way too long to explain the situation. But there is... Imagine a group of eight people who are all kinds of spun up about a situation. And I I watched this and I know how I would have handled it. I would have just walked in there and pulled out a big stick with a couple of scriptures and just kind of, you know, metaphorically whacked people and put them all all in their place and said, (laughs) you guys are all crazy. Well, the guy that we were with, you know, he's probably 60, 65 wise. Really, really wise, and he pretty much did the exact opposite of what I would have done to deal with that situation, to diffuse it, to be corrective, uh, to be pastoral. And I remember even his i, I imagine my gait would have been very fast toward those people, and he walked up really, really slow. Uh, even kind of stood—I just, just even that, even just his approach—he he stood from the outside, and looked in, and he moved a little closer. And he asked a few questions and then he kept his voice low and, and the, and the whole thing just turned out beautifully. (laughs) And, um, you know, and we were, we saw the same thing, Hmm. you know, we, we thought the end result probably needed to be the same thing, but his approach, he just put on a masterclass, uh, in front of me and it was the wisdom, you know, he'd probably, he'd probably would say the same thing. There's some times I didn't do that. Um, but in that culture, he was the one probably had the most respect and he could have used it in a lot of different ways. And I just saw his slow approach and I, I saw everybody respond so well to that. And it, I, I've got that just seared in my mind, but that's the way you do it, you know? And I think another thing too I've learned, Dave, I don't know if you've seen this, but a lot of times if you kind of traffic in helping people's lives get better, you know probably there are 20 steps that they should take, sure. you know? yeah. They can't handle 20. Yeah. And so there's a wisdom and saying, I think these are your one or two right next steps. Even though I, I think you kind of have about 20, I don't think you could handle that. I think you'd be overloaded and wouldn't do any of them. Uh, and that's, that's one I've learned It's, it's like, true. I'm not, I'm not going to give you the full, uh, detailed, you know, a uh, consultant report on, yeah. uh, but I think if you're asking me, I think this is the one or two things yeah, that I would I do this. That. This is the one or two verses I would look at and, and, and anchor on, or I think this is your next conversation. And I would just I remember, you know, as a young man, just press and play on everything I, I thought. And it was just it, was, what, it wasn't helpful. It was, those were those were careless words. So, any, any other any other thoughts on that, no, Dave?
1: Yeah, I you know, the people that I get to, to to serve with now are exceptional at working with folks that you're describing, just brokenness, and they are able to do two things simultaneously, which I think is beautiful. One is they're able to have a God-centered vision for their lives. Here's what God wants to do in you redemptively. And so they're they're painting a long-term picture for them that's incredibly inviting to those who hear, but they also understand that exactly what you're saying. But here's the next step. like We're gonna get there together and the Lord's gonna get us there, but hey, maybe tomorrow looks like this rather than pressing them carelessly towards that that, that ultimate goal in a way that, that feels, that just, it's overwhelming. You know, that's overwhelming. You know, I, and I think there's times, John, when I look back and, and almost out of my own sense of insecurity, and I'm thinking now more of the public, the public stage, the pulpit of going off script, making a <laughs> subtle joke, wanting to kind of feeling a little insecure and in how I'm. Yes. I think of a specific time where I was about to be a part of a larger church that was taking on the, the church that I planted, and they had an amazing media team, and they'd taken photos of our staff. And we had had previously a woman who took, just out of her own time, she's an amateur photographer, took our staff photos, and I just made a joke of I had I was speaking with one of our staff members I had the old photo so mine was not as high quality as his and I just oh look what you know look at the difference between these two, and just just didn't think about how that might absolutely hurt her feelings and crush her, which in fact it did, and so I remember circling back to her and saying how sorry I was. I said it publicly, but you just you can't bring back that hurt, and I'm like why why did it well. Because out of my own need for some sort of quick gratification or uh, security, if I want to say something quippy or funny in this moment, man, I regretted it later. Yeah. It just was not well thought out. Yeah. So, you know, let your words be few and let them be deliberate and you'll be okay.
0: Yeah, that's right. Well... I don't know anyone who does not have stories like that, you know. <laughs> and so, just make sure that you just don't repeat. Yeah, uh, that's right. you just Learned learn from them, mistakes. you know. We're gonna make uh, them right, 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 and um, that that is part of a leader's journey. So, uh, really good words. Don't don't say anything out of anger. You always don't send that that email. Don't get up in front of a, a group. Mad and uh, address that. Like, You'll regret it. You'll regret it. So really good words, Dave. Okay. Uh, number four was things unsaid. What do you mean by that? Yeah,
1: it's kind of the flip side of, of the third yeah. point, right? Like there's things I've said I wish I hadn't. There's things I wish I would have said that I didn't. Yeah. And specifically, I think we refer to this occasion as that spidey sense, that sense of discernment. Like I'm looking at someone's life. I'm seeing a trajectory here that's not overtly out of control yet, but you're getting to see things in place that, oh, I'm concerned, and, and, and you postpone it. I don't know why I've done that. Maybe yep. it was a sense of not wanting to overreact. Maybe it was a sense of self-protection. Maybe it was a sense of fear of man if I don't want to lose this person. And then you wait too long until the situation becomes critical. And the moment you do speak up, it's almost too little too late. Yep. So, you know, specifically, I was working with a person years ago who whose work ethic began to slip a little bit. And I began to notice, like, huh, this person. And we had a we had a clear understanding of this is this is what we're committing to collectively yep. to our leaders. I was in charge of, of of leading the staff, but this is we we understood. And coming in a little bit later, leaving a little earlier, and that those gaps begin to even get broader. And I just let it go. I let it go. I let it go to the point where now it was a do or die conversation. Now it was like, hey, things have got to radically change or else. And I thought to myself, this was this person's blind spot. Yeah. I don't know that it was the deliberate, I want to take advantage of the situation. I think this person was drifting into a blind spot, and I could have I could have easily have said something. And there's countless examples. I bet everybody listening has a few of yeah. those. I oh, yeah. wish I would have. Yeah. I wish I would have pointed out what I thought was a problem in a marriage. I wish I would have said something before I did. I wish I would have spoke up in an elder meeting and said, hey, guys, I think we might be not considering something strategically. I didn't say it. For whatever the motive was i didn't say it and i wish i would have so yeah i can think of a lot of examples yeah, like that John. that's
0: good well and again all, all i need to do is just learn from them yeah you know when you when you wonder if someone's driving over a cliff and in fact they they do you know with their lives metaphorically let that sear into your you know your soul you know i'm not just not gonna let that happen again or yeah. you know some type of tactical decision or strategic decision you're making uh when you when you should have said something and you didn't just learn from it you know and get really really good at getting in front of that There will always be things that are unsaid. Uh, Just make sure you learn from them. And I think I think every leader would um, would have kind of in some ways um, they've got their own stories, Dave, but they would all resonate with that. So uh, the last one uh, you said, and I, I love your thoughts because I I think I share this one is impatience. Yeah. One, of, one of your regrets oh, was man. impatience. Yeah. So tell me what I probably already know, but I'm just not um, yeah. understanding.
1: You know, I I uh, a lot of my experiences being able to work within the context of church plants or, or being associated with church planters, and Oftentimes, the greatest mistake that ministry leaders make is they give up too soon. Yeah, Yeah. the results aren't what we would like them to be. Uh, Perhaps we get a little bit uh, flustered by that, and we want to we want to change things. We want to give up on them and redirect things. And you know, someone has said, I don't know who it is, whoever to attribute this to. It wasn't me, but you know, God's change happens at the pace of relationship, and relationship takes time. So there have just been too many people. I've given up on prematurely and too many ministry programs that I pulled the plug on that I just needed to be patient. I needed mm-hmm. to be deliberate. I needed to be prayerful. And and again, that goes a lot of times with the leader profile. You know, if you're a change agent leader, that's be who God has designed you to be. But do it in the context of community. Have people around you who are a little bit more deliberate, a little more cautious, over the years, the most valuable person to me on a staff team or an elder team is probably the most opposite person to me. Yeah. Yeah. The person, hey, let's be careful here. Let's stay together. That's not how I'm wired. Man, John, I need that person because I have countless examples of being impatient in ministry. And I think what what could have been? if yeah. I just would, have, just would have listened to others. I would have been patient.
0: Yes, I know. And I, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Generally, it's too early to tell. That's it's just, <laughs> I, j- I, j- I just find myself saying that it's just too early to tell. And so what's helpful is for me to read any of the old Testament narratives and see, you know, any of those figures or, or new Testament figures, but, um, in the middle of their journey and how they must've thought I am doing the wrong thing. God is not, uh, in charge. This is unmitigated disaster. I'm going exactly the wrong direction until, uh, they, they cr- kind of persevere, stay faithful and realize, Oh no, I was I was on the right path the entire time uh, just not how I would have scripted it God was at work I could uh, I can trust him and and it was just too early to tell had I, had I pulled the plug uh, in the middle of that you know in the middle of the, the desert or from prison it would have been it would have been the wrong time to do so yeah. and uh and it was just you know and so that's the dreams that God's put in our hearts that's uh, walking with people you know sanctification is a process it's not a one power encounter where you give someone three verses they should memorize and now now, you know, they are they're ready to be an elder. It's a process. And um, it's, it's a really, really good word. Uh, Dave. really, really good word. And it's interesting to me in the studio. We've kind of got you. You're playing this like wise pastor sage uh, person, but you're like a really big thinker and you think at scale and you think about speed. And but when you think about your regrets, if I could pick a category, most of them are relational. Uh, When you think about right. And uh, and that that is just such a great lesson uh, for young leaders. And so uh, really, really good. Well, thanks so much, brother. It has been a joy to be with you. Some really good things, Uh, friends. I hope you again. We like to talk about strategy and tactics sometimes because leaders need to be thinking about that. But it is interesting. It is interesting. To begin with the end of mind and think about what is it that you're going to value what is it that you're going to regret as you get older and most of these days are relational and uh, it's a big part of of a leader's journey a big part of a leader's effectiveness Uh, it's just not dreaming up crazy ideas to go execute that would be fun it's 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 people it's people. Absolutely. And uh, you, you will, you will have regrets. You will have regrets. I think the goal is just to minimize them and, uh, and also yeah. learn from them. So, so brother, thank you so much. Thank and uh, we'll get you back in here again soon. So uh, friends, thanks so much for listening today. I hope there's a one or two good takeaways for you. If we can help you serve you, if you have any questions or comments, you can always reach us at CLP at watermark.org. That's CLP at watermark.org. We'll talk to you again next time.